Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Back after a long hiatus, it stands and fits here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We, the people have been clamoring. They have. For a new episode of Stands and Fits. People have been in our Twitter, Twitter mentions for like the last week or so. And it was just always the most, you know, it was never any like particular reason. It was just right. random things would come up or mm-hmm. like the holiday that one week we started elected to do our uh, Big 12 Thanksgiving instead, Yep. which I thought was one of the better things that we've ever done. But it, it, it was it, very good. It actually, I, didn't, I, I was kind of surprised that that would get a little more run than it did. But. Yeah, it didn't get the reception that maybe yeah. some of our past ones have it was it it was kind of in there at a weird time it was we posted uh, it a little late maybe for a normal and admittedly normal like uh, i think everyone was kind of distracted with the the big football game against texas coming up too so i was gonna say that, that was quality quality journalism right there I, yeah was. i thought so it definitely did not get the same run that our kirk curve <laughs> that we but that yeah. was also because i think a lot of people on facebook thought that was real yeah oh yeah and people were fueled with with anger against herbstreet at that point yeah now now kirk herbstreet loves the, the cyclones <laughs> sometimes uh, uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. There's that there's that clip um, of of Bear um, where he predicted Iowa State to have a good season before the season. Right. And everyone laughed at him. Yeah, it was funny. After I wrote the thing about Herb Street, uh, whatever that was, two weeks ago, that uh, that Jamie Pollard tweeted back out for me. Got got a lot of run on that one. Yep. Uh, it seems like he has really changed the tune ever since then. I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe he read what I wrote. Maybe he, you know, someone got in his ear and said, hey, you're getting, you're getting roasted in the cyclone circles. You need to, uh, you need to chill out a little bit, be a little bit more positive towards the cyclones. Yeah, and, he, and he, last week, Reese Davis was like, here's Herbie's team popping up on the on the rankings. Yeah, speak about another guy who's been down on Iowa State, Reese Davis, man. Dude, I used to think that Reese Davis was a, a big Iowa State was, fan. Was, was a pro cyclone. I know, yeah. And now he's just he's laughing at us. Yeah. Come come to find out, he's just truly a, a, an unbiased media type who this year just happens to be against Iowa State. It doesn't make any sense. It, I honestly did think he was a pretty big Cyclone like supporter in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I thought ever since they came for college game day for basketball that one time, right. like, he always seemed like he really liked Iowa State. And now all of a sudden this year, you know, even last year they came for game day, he's had all, said all kinds of nice things. Like, I thought that the Hickory Park maybe really hit hit home with them. Right. Maybe he didn't like Hickory Park. I guess he just really thinks that that Louisiana game, he just must be really down on Iowa State because of that result, man. That's the only explanation I can think of. Oh, so he's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it. You said it. The, that This is... This oh, okay. Um, this is not. We didn't even plan to talk about this. It's been really grinding my gears, dude. This has really been getting after. <laughs> here we go. Getting on me here lately. So I did a podcast for a West Virginia website before mm-hmm. the game two weeks ago. Uh, it would have been like right before the playoff rankings that night came out because I remember I got done with that and then I had to watch the show. And we spent the first probably thirty minutes of this podcast talking about how Iowa State had had a disappointing season because they couldn't make the college football playoff because of the loss to Louisiana. And he kept, he wanted to, he kept asking me all these questions about what happened in this game against Louisiana and what, what was this happened? Why'd this happen? What was this? And I finally was just like, dude, I'm going to be real with you, man. Like, yeah, they lost to Louisiana and, you know, it sucked at the time. I was like, but I would have looked like an idiot if I would have came out and said, man, Iowa State can't go to the college football playoff now because they lost to Louisiana in early September. Yeah. I was like, at that point, one, I don't think we even thought we were going to play the whole season. So, like, that's one thing. I was like, and two, why would anybody in Ames, Iowa go into the year considering the fact that we not won a – like, Iowa State has not won a Big 12 championship in 108 years. Yeah. And for me to write my column, oh, my God – 
they just ruined their chances to go to the college football playoff. Yeah. How stupid would I look at that point? Very, very stupid. And uh, like this, I, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was like, that was like 14 weeks ago yeah. that that happened. When I, like before this game. A lot had changed since then. Yes. I was like, this team is exponentially different than they were at that time. I was like, there is no game that Iowa State has played this season that is less relevant to this one against West Virginia than that one. I was yeah. like, but if we want to keep talking about it, we can't. You yeah. know, I was like, but I'm just telling you, I was like, I'm not trying to explain it away or anything like that. I was like, obviously, do you, if you're a Big 12 team, you should beat a Sun Belt team. I was like, but they didn't. It happened. I don't know. A lot of stuff was going on at that time. I was like, this team is not that one. Yeah. And, and that's and uh, to keep harping on it is weird. I'm not in that same vein. It, man, it, it grinds my gears that everyone in the national media seems to be hyping up the fact that Oklahoma is an improved team compared to where they were, you know back when they lost to Iowa State in the first in the first place. Well, yeah, and deep tease for anybody if they want to hear more about yeah. maybe how maybe breaking that myth a little bit, you could listen to this week's episode of Football and Random Things. Exactly. I mean, again, Iowa State, same exact thing, different team. They're much better. Yeah, and when you look at Oklahoma's like offense, they're not what they've been the last couple of years. They yeah. weren't that then. They weren't that right now. Like, don't get me wrong. They're a good offense. Yeah. Like, I would be an idiot to say that they're not, but they, they are not what they were with Baker Mayfield field or Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray or all those like with all those guys they're just not explosive in the same sense right and even against those teams Iowa State's been pretty dang good against Oklahoma in the last few years yeah the reason that Oklahoma is so much better now is because their defense is way better yep like that's the biggest difference between uh between what they were in late September or early October to what they are now right and but again I, I thought Chris and Brent did that well on their podcast this week where Chris was just like I don't think that the people who say that have even watched Oklahoma so yeah. it doesn't yeah, but I shocker. Get, I bet those same people that say, that keep up bringing up the Louisiana loss have probably not watched Iowa State either, which yeah. is the is the other part of it. And probably haven't watched Louisiana play well, for that fact. And it's so wild to me to see like these people come out and say like, "Oh my God, I can't put I can't put Louisiana behind Iowa State." Like uh, Louisiana won the head to head. What? Yeah. What? That's just, it's just so stupid. Like, I don't, I don't get, and the people that, and it's not that they like, they, they like do it begrudgingly or like, they're like, it's like this, some principled thing. It's just like, they just are so like staunch about it, you know? And I'm like, dude, like, like, why are you still like got a heart on about this thing? Like, this does not make any sense. This is like, we do this every year. People get rated higher than people that beat them every year. It happens every year. Yep. So it's like, if you, do you mean to tell me that if Alabama had lost you know to Ole Miss suddenly Alabama can't be better than Ole Miss ever mm-hmm. entire season yep and again, like I think, I think there's a, a bit of the anti Big Twelve thing going on here too, in it's, general. It's the anti Big Twelve thing. It's anti Iowa State. Like, like how did Oklahoma make the college football playoff in 2017? Iowa State should have made it. <laughs> yeah. Am I Obviously. wrong? Am I wrong? Yeah, they were better head to head. They were better head to head. Like I don't know. Like when all of a sudden does this head to head matter all the time? Yeah. You know, how did Ohio State? Like how, how can Ohio State ever be go into the Rose Bowl or anything? They lost to Purdue that one year. Like Purdue's better. Lost to Iowa that one year. Iowa's better. Like yeah. I don't know. Like that, that just to me it's so stupid to say that because then yeah. they, you turn it around and you look at the teams at the top, and it's so hypocritical. It makes no sense. Yeah. And that's why you play the games too. I mean, you have to look at at the end of the season, though. You have to look at the overall resume and what the what the team looks like at the end of the year, going into the actual bowl games. I want to ask those same people: Is LSU going to be ranked ahead of Florida on their AP ballot this week? What about is uh, is Florida going to be ahead of Georgia on the AP ballot this week? 
like they Florida won the head to head. So LSU's got to be ahead of both of them. I don't know. Like yeah. I, that's just that's how it seems to me based on that logic. But yep. I don't know. Those people are the same ones that are mad that Coastal Carolina is not going to go to the college football playoff when Coastal Carolina. I'm sorry. Plays an entire a season of Louisiana's. Actually, worse than Louisiana's. And they sit here and they, they beat a Big Twelve team. Dog, they beat Kansas. Yeah, freaking Kansas. And it, it's like the worst Kansas team ever. Ever. Yes. Like, the, the, you don't sit here and say the only time that Kansas ever legitimately had a chance to win a game was in the last game of the season when Texas Tech had basically completely mailed it in and they still lost by three. Yep. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, to sit here and be like, to point, or even Kansas State, you know, people say, well, the Sun Belt went 3 and 0 against the Big 12 in week one. Okay. Kansas State had like half their team out with COVID. Mm-hmm. And then Kansas State, yeah, they're pretty good at the beginning of the season. What, won four Big 12 games in a row? And they lost five in a row to end the season. Like, yep. I, I don't, let's not sit here and act like they just went out and beat a juggernaut Kansas State team. Right. So it's like, that. to me, I say, like, why do the people have such a hard-on about the Sun Belt all of a sudden? The Sun Belt, the Fun Belt. I don't know. Yeah. I'm on a rain here. I'm done. It's you over. Uh, gotta give, we got to get in our quick uh, Patreon shout-out this week. Shout-out to uh, today's Cyclone Fanatic Super Patron, Andy Eckert. Andy told us he rarely misses a podcast and loves dropping the knowledge he gets from CF at tailgates or at work. He said he became a patron because CF brings a ton of entertainment to his life. And as a high school business teacher, he especially appreciates CF's dedication to helping other local businesses. Thank you, Andy, for being a Cyclone Fanatic super patron. You got uh, the distinction of being the first one to ever immediately follow uh, one of my rants. <laughs> and if anybody else wants to become a Cyclone Fanatic super patron, you can find out more information on the Cyclone Fanatic homepage. Thanks, Andy. That's probably the longest, honestly, that anyone's ever had to wait for their, their Patreon shout out into a podcast ever. I got on a roll. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. We weren't even going to talk but, about but, football. But Andy's a dedicated listener, so he, he made it to that point. So he's, we, we're all good. Like I said, we like we really weren't even going to talk about football that much. I just, no, we weren't. I, I got going. I'm sorry. It's all right. I, I blacked out. It happens. It's been, it's been a while since we podcasted, so you had to get it out. It's just been, I'm weighing on my mind. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about happier things. Uh, the basketball game on Friday night. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's, do we have to? Yeah, I suppose we do. We'll talk about it just for briefly here real quick. Did you drop something? Yeah, I did. I got oh, it, though. All right. Um, but not the, great, Bob. No, not great, man. Um, I, I wrote in my post-game write-up that I think what Luca Garza did in 17 minutes of play was the most impressive I've ever impressive thing I've ever seen by an opposing player yeah. against Iowa State. Uh, the only things that would rate close would be what Joel Embiid did in 2014, uh, what Vlad Brodzianski at TCU did in 2017, and then what uh, Jarrett Culver did in uh, Hilton to close out the Big 12 regular season title for Texas Tech in 2019. Yeah, just the kind of of go up to that level where you cannot do anything to stop that player. Yeah, it was just complete and total dominance. Mm-hmm. And even when Iowa State would be in positions, Solomon Young was contesting a lot of those threes quite well. Yeah. Nope, didn't matter. Like it just, he was just in a different zone. I don't know. Yep. He's, if there's anybody out there in the country who can stop that guy, I haven't seen him. Right. I don't know. Maybe Gonzaga will be able to, but I'm not convinced. Yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of Iowa State fans, if not almost every fan expected Iowa to win that game, um, going to that game. 
I think what partially soured everyone was that the fact that they had it actually pretty close there late yeah. in the first half before Iowa pulled away again. Um, so it looked like, hey, maybe we're going to string one out here, uh, make it close at least. And then, man, Iowa was just a real good basketball team, and they exploded. Yeah, it's like I told Chris on the halftime show. When I looked at the scoreboard and they were down by two, three minutes left in the first half, and looked at the stat sheet to see how many minutes Luca Garza played, and he played seven minutes. Uh, and they're still down by two. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a couple minutes later, they're down by 11. I was like, yeah, I don't think this one's going to go our way tonight. Yep. And it just, man, there's elements of this. I don't know. I'm having a tough time. I can't figure out how uh, pessimistic I should be. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not, I don't, I'm not ashamed of getting beat a lot by that Iowa team necessarily, but yeah. at the same time, like there's, I haven't seen that much from Iowa state to be that optimistic, that's, even, even yes. in the other games that they've played so far. Yeah. That's, that's my issue right now is that I've seen enough things to me that are deeply concerning for what the direction of the team and program generally is and I don't really want to go into that kind of stuff yet because I still think that it's early but like for what this team is right now like I just I don't think that the pieces that they have fit together very well yeah and uh, even if they even if they had the pieces that they have now and it was like two years from now and this, they had time to make a little more jelly chemistry wise yeah like I still don't think that their ceiling would be that high right and you look at the way that they play defensively and you know obviously like a guy like Kawhi Leonard is is supremely talented as a defender you know like he has and he has intangibles or like he has like physical attributes that make him the great defender that he is the reason that Kawhi Leonard is such a great defender though is because Kawhi Leonard decides to be a great defender yeah and like and he is committed to being a great defender and the mentality that it requires to be a great defender on every single possession yeah like LeBron James has those things but he doesn't have that same commitment to be doing it great like every possession of every game which like is perfectly fine because if he wanted to he'd probably be the best defender in the nba yeah he's just like he also knows that he has to carry his team on the other end yep and it's i do not see a guy on iowa state's team that has that commitment to being the best defender they possibly can on every single possession you know i think the only time during the iowa game that i noticed anything along those lines was i think during that time where they had it close in the first half um tyler harris jumped out a little bit to, at yes. me when he was guarding jordan Bohan there um however he just doesn't have those physical attributes that you kind of pointed out with Kawhi leonard yeah and you can do that and be a pest and like and really get up under people it's only one guy though well yeah and i was just gonna say the problem is that you playing that way is going you're gonna get tired you know and it's hard to play that way for 40 minutes right And, and i get that like i know that it's hard to play that way for 40 minutes but that's where everyone has to buy into playing that way right and and it helps when you're a deep team and iowa state at this point i would not call them a deep team well i think they have guys who can do it but it's but then it comes back to like do you know what you're doing you know and that's like when you have to go to the bench you're getting to those freshmen and how well do they know what they're doing you know because I think that they have the guys with the length and the athleticism to cause some teams some trouble defensively. But again, it requires locking in on defense and being committed to being a good defender. Right. It also com- it also requires a level of competitiveness and aggression. One, to say, I'm going to be the toughest son of a bitch on the court tonight. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. I'm going to be tougher than you. Right. And when there's a ball on the floor, I'm going to get it. When there's a ball in the air on a rebound, I'm going to go and get it. 
I don't see that, yep. you know, and, and that, that takes like being a competitor. It takes being the alpha dog. And right. I and I, I, th that. I think, it, you know, with the way this team is constructed, I think that would be the easiest shift that they could take and be like, hey, you know, we're not, we're, we are what we are offensively. We're yeah. never going to be that elite of an offensive team, but hey, we can give a hell of a lot of effort on the defensive end of the floor. And hey, that can be what we're good at. Right. And that's, that's exactly what I mean. Like I, I said on the CF show last week, I told EZ, I was like, man, the thing that would be encouraging to me is if, if these guys came out tomorrow night and played like a bunch of junkyard dogs right and like you know what the game might be ugly it probably would be it, mm. i mean think about the teams that play that way whether it's texas tech west virginia west virginia you know virginia right. like when they are really good defensively the games are not the most fun to watch usually yeah but you know what they do they win right more often than not and they're at least competitive in every right. game they're always competitive and it's because the guys are just really freaking annoying in in how hard they play yep and and I do think, I, especially like you point out the freshmen, like I think like, uh, you know, Darlingstone Dubar and, and, you know, Dudley Blackwell, those, those guys, those have especially have the potential to do that. Yeah, they have the potential, but it's like, what, what does it take to bring that out of you? You know, yeah. how do they get that out of you? Because it hasn't happened. And, and it did for a small stretch. But how do you take it from being a small stretch where you're doing it for what? From like the under eight timeout to the, you know, under four. But then after that, you get killed in the last three minutes of the game or yeah. of the first half. Yeah. And then in the second half starts and their best player comes back in. And what happens again? You get killed. And admittedly, that's, that's a leap you have to make when you're, when you're a freshman making the jump from high school to college ball. Yeah. It's a different level of sustaining that energy throughout the course of a game. Definitely. But there's also guys on this team that, that don't have that excuse. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like, I know that they're new together, you know, like, I know that they haven't played a ton of basketball together, but there are guys on this team, every starter on this team until this last game, when, Dar when Dubar stepped in, has played three or more years of college basketball. You mean to tell me that those guys have not learned that in the first three years? Yeah. Like, that's come on uh, you know yep. like that's where or i guess they are in their third year like with tyler harris and rashir bolton are in their third year yep but that's where it's like you have to sit there and be like what does it take to get that into them you know or get that to get people to understand that because they can't they're not good in the half court yeah we've seen that especially when a team zones them if you like when iowa went to a zone you would have thought that they reinvented the game yeah the way that they struggled to get the ball into the middle on offense and work the ball back out and get things done if they can get out and get downhill and get running their middle ball screen like they can do some things yeah but that requires being better on the defensive end than what they have done and what they have shown so far this season and i don't know what how you do that it, it takes on some level it takes a demand that you're either going to do this or you're going to sit your ass over here and, and you that's know, it yeah and i think there was a comment made in the offseason by prome as they were kind of starting practicing back up again um Trey Jackson, I think, yeah. kind of fills that role of setting the tone um, a little bit as far as energy goes. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, he was the difference in being competitive in that in the Iowa game and not. But I do think that when he gets healthy and he's back, I think there will be a little bit of a difference there. And I hope that's true. But right now, when you look at the way that their centers have played, I mean, yeah. 
Solomon Young didn't grab a rebound until uh, 59 minutes and 45 yeah. seconds into the season. The lack of rebounding and just overall hustle, I think, from the posts is very alarming. Yeah, that's just concerning to me. George Conda has regressed. Yes, he has. Significantly. Very, very bad. And, I mean, on Friday, it was almost a detriment to the team to have him on the floor. And I love George. Like, that's hard to say. Yeah, because he's a good I, dude. Because I think yeah. George is a great kid. Yeah. And I hate to question whether or not George is playing hard. But when you're, when you're asked, your head coach is asked in the postgame press conference what it takes to bring more out of you, and you say he's just got to compete. You just compete, that's all. Like, that's where you got to sit and sit and wonder, like – yeah. What are you doing, man? Yeah. Com- like, com- get- compete should be your, your default setting when you're a college right. basketball player. What was the one thing that Fred Hoiberg always said? I, I don't want to have to teach effort. Mm-hmm. That was something that he always said. It's, I think he'd gotten that from Larry Brown. Doesn't want to have to teach effort. Right now, it seems like Steve Prohm's having to teach some effort to some people. Yeah. And that's what's concerning to me moving forward because that, in my mind, does not bode very well for the future. And the thing that is extra concerning about that is this is not the first time that this has had to we've had to have a conversation like this yep this had was had two years or what now three years ago with yep. uh with uh, lindell and cam's first team yep there were a lot of moments where the same thing could have been said about the 18 19 team mm-hmm. and then last year's team had this, year. had this same problem right and that's why they get their asses kicked on the boards consistently. That's why they get their asses kicked generally on defense, whether it's not closing out hard enough, leaving people wide open, getting in themselves into scramble situations because you're just being stupid and not knowing the rules of the defense. And until they figure those things out, you might jump up and beat people every once in a while, but you can't be consistently good. And that's what is where I've got questions of what is going to happen. Again, I'm not saying you got to fire Steve There's a lot of time left in the season. Like things could change but what i have seen makes me believe right now that nothing is going to be different than what it was last year yeah and i think especially when you're sitting here and you're you're plotting a a line graph of the last basically three or four years and the same things keep popping up it's probably not a player thing yeah and that's where especially with as much as their roster turns over every year yeah and that's where like after the game Coach Prom, and I want to reiterate, I'm not saying that Coach Prom needs to be fired or anything like that. Like, I think Coach Prom is an awesome dude. He's obviously can do something pretty well on the recruiting trail, but there are things about the basketball program right now that have sustained over several seasons that are very concerning if you want to look at what the future of the program is. Yep, I have the same thought. And uh, there is a, when he said after the game on Friday, where everyone was going to judge them on that one game and they can't look at what people are saying about that one game. In the back of my mind, I'm like, coach, buddy, no one expected any different than what happened tonight. Right. Literally nobody cares. That's what the problem is. Yeah. And that's like, like no one is going to sit here and say, or say fire Steve prone because I mean, there probably were some people, but like most people, the most rational people are, did not make that decision that night. Those people did not make that decision that night. They've been saying that, you know, the people that sat there, most rational people sat there and watched that game. And they just were like, yeah, it is what it is at this point. No one is coming out and, you know, killing Steve prone because of the way the team played on Friday night. If anything, I thought that was probably the best that they'd played so far in the season for a portion during the first half. I would agree. But it's going to require figuring out a way to extend that. And uh, again, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer is. That's why I'm not the coach. But like, I sit here and as someone who is 
you know, has, has been around basketball for a long time. Like those are the things that I sit there and I look at and I'm like, I just don't know what you have to do to pull this out of some people that it looks like they've got the potential to do it. Yeah. And, and with the, with the state of the roster and kind of what you, you know, I would say it's not going to win very many games the rest of the year. It's just a fact. Yeah. Especially but, because of how good the big 12 is. Yeah. It's a, it's a great conference, but the, again, the difference between the fan bases want for prone to stay in town is going to completely depend on what the team looks like in those losses right. and some wins hopefully right there is a there is a way you can chart a path to make it feel like this season is productive yep and can be productive for what is to come moving forward there we saw elements of that in uh 17 18 with Lindell and Cam yep you know yeah, you, in, you, in you saw, end, you saw flashes kind of, of talent. Yeah, in the end, it kind of blew up in our faces because both of those guys ended up vastly underwhelming. Well, right. maybe not Lindell, but Cameron especially. Yeah. Vastly underwhelmed in the next season. And the guys who were really good on that team were the ones that had not played for the previous team. But, like, you get what I'm saying. Where, like, there were things that we saw that year that's like, okay, you can build on this. Right. You know? Uh, but I think for, to going forward, you need to see a lot out of Rajir Bolton. You need to see a lot out of Rajir. I think you need to see Condit get back on, underneath his footing. Yes. Um, I think you need to see Tyler Harris kind of step up and be a, a pretty good, reliable shooter. Javon Johnson. Javon Johnson can needs continue to, be. To, to do what he did, looked like the other night. Right. And then those four freshmen have to show you something. Yep. And and I mean, the big one, we figuratively and literally, we know who the big one is. Yep. And, and what do you get out of Xavier Foster? Because right now, it would be hard for me to sit here and say, based on what I've seen from the posts that have played in this program for an extended period of time, that you feel confident that Xavier Foster is going to develop at a high rate. Yeah. And that's just sad. Sadly, you're right. It, it's just a fact. Like, like, and, and I mean, look at everybody that has played the post position for this team. Yeah. I mean, can you can you name one? in the last four years that's gotten better i mean maybe solomon to a degree i think solomon is better offensively yeah but i would say that solomon has regressed defensively i, I would agree with that yeah D solomon averages fewer rebounds per 40 minutes than like a lot of if, if we went through all the me and a, me and my buddy austin hurst were going through this list the other night because it's like when when you're starting center in the big 12 and you don't grab a rebound for the first 60 minutes of the season that is a problem mm -hmm. and uh and i obviously didn't play all 60 minutes but you get my point like if it, if it takes you that long to get your first rebound of the year where there's less than a minute left in the first half of the second game you're like okay how does that happen and uh like how does the ball just not fall into your hands one time at that point right but you can go through a list and you can throw out some pretty goofy names and look them look at what their rebound numbers were for 40 minutes and they are a lot higher than what solomon young's are yeah and that's where i'm like okay that's a problem mm -hmm. you know what the way that george condit has looked so far this season that is a problem yeah, we all know what happened with cameron it's probably either either effort or coaching or a combination of both and it and again i don't you know i'm not specifically calling out any one person but it's like this is a trend like over several seasons yep. you know cam lard had a lot of personal problems he's one that i think you can probably like kind of there's some off-season stuff or off, right. off the court stuff right like there. i think that that one there there's a lot to that but michael jacobson i would say did not get any better in two years that he was playing he, for the he, team. Yeah, he was just I, he was kind of the kind of guy that was just rock solid i think he just had a ceiling to an yeah. extent and you know he, he 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 was better than he was in nebraska just because he had more opportunity to, to be better and i think that he had better pleasure on him yeah which which helped a lot yeah but you saw once he didn't have the better 
better players around him. Like it didn't, it, it was not anything special, but that was, but again, like you have not seen improvement from those guys. Yeah. And the further we get away from that 18, 19 team, the more it is going to be blatantly clear how much of a missed opportunity that was. Yeah. Anybody who saw Taylor Horton Tucker last night play, he was cooking. Scored 33 points in the in a NBA preseason game, and I yeah. know it's a preseason, but that guy is going to be, be in the rotation for the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending NBA champions this year. Yep. Tyrese Halliburton will be in the rotation for the Sacramento Kings. Shayok uh, is in in uh, he's on an NBA roster right now, he, isn't he? He very well could be in the rotation for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Uh, man, who else? <laughs> Nick uh, Babb's playing overseas right. at a high level. Nick Babb is going to be one of the highest paid players in Europe. Yeah. You know, like that group right there, they had, the, you didn't win one big 12 champ or big 12, NCAA tournament team game with that team. Right. And they had four starters that are going to be in the NBA or, or at least very, very high levels of basketball. Lindell will probably be in the NBA at some point. Mm. And like, that's where it just you like you just have to sit and you have to ask some questions at this point. I know a lot of people have been asking those questions, but to feel like you're going out of this season into next season, you bring in Tyrese Hunter, who's obviously a very talented player. You know, we've, we've had talented players here before, right? You know, but like, what what can they show us that doesn't make it to where you go into next year basically with an ultimatum of be a lot better or you know, have to move the program in a different direction yep. because I don't think it would happen after this year, but it, there is only one way to make this thing not turn into complete and total apathy. And that is for this team to play at a really high level with a lot of energy. You're not going to win every game. Again, there's five top 15 teams in the big 12. We mm -hmm. get that. Like yep. you're basically got 10 built in losses just right there, but you beat Kansas state. For one thing, yep. you should not lose. They to the, are they, very bad. They they very well could go zero and eighteen in the Big Twelve. But you know what? I know that we all make the jokes about Bruce Weber and like all this stuff. And like I, he's there. If there's one thing that Bruce Weber truly is elite at, his teams play hard. Right. Always. Yep. Always play hard. Uh, especially on defense, they're always very well coached on defense. Correct. And if nothing else, tomorrow night when they come to Hilton Coliseum, they might not put the ball in the basket one damn time. Like the, it, you know what? If they, they might not be able to throw the ball in the ocean. Beat Milwaukee by one point and lost to Fort Hayes State last week. They are horrendous offensively. But you know what? They're going to get in your shorts, and they're going to make you work to put the ball in the basket on the other end, too. Yep. And they might not be very talented. They might not have guys who can do that at a very high level. But they're at least going to make you work for it, you right. know? And that's what I want to see from Iowa State. Can you get that effort out of these guys to where on every possession, they are going to make it difficult for the other team? Yep. And have not seen that through three games. All right, another rant that I had to go on. But that was uh, that's where I stand. All right, let's take a, a really quick break. But first, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Farm Story Meats. Man, this is uh, I know Chris Williams says he wants to buy into this company, dude. Have you looked at this at all? I have looked at the website. It looks absolutely delicious. It does. Uh, so this is a, a small company uh, based out of man. Where where are they based out of? I, th I think. Uh, Chris was a zeering. Is that what Chris said? Uh, maybe man, uh, you, you beast me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look. Uh, okay. Well, they're base names. I know that Ray, uh, goes to Iowa state, but, uh, I can't remember exactly where the, the farm is, but they're local. They're, they're local people. Um, and they have, uh, they're selling their meat on at farmstorymeats.com. You know, you got the, the holiday box, which has 
center cut chops, sugar, maple, bacon, bratwurst, barbecue, pork jerky, ground sausage. I mean, mm. like the t- that's just your that's your Christmas dinner right Dude, there by yeah, itself. We're, we're recording at dinner time right now, and you're making me even hungrier. You got the starter box, pork chops, bacon options. Bro, you know you can choose from a bunch of specialty options, ground products, bonus cut. Man, like the Iowa chops. Dude, like I don't I don't know what more could you possibly want? Not much. Uh, you could get the same get the grill master. You think you're a grill master? Uh, I'm not. Uh, okay, well, if anybody out there does think they're a grill master, best cuts for grilling and smoking. You St. Louis ribs, Iowa chops, pork chops, bratwurst, cheddar brats. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, you can find out more information at farmstorymeats.com and uh, help out a great local company and help out uh, some folks from uh, from Iowa State. There you go. Okay, there there are farmers near Williamsburg. Sorry, I found it. I found that now. You 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 did a great job reading while also perusing their website. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm, turns out that I can read. I don't know <laughs> if that's uh, the highest uh, <laughs> the highest compliment that I can get. Yep. Um, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stance and fits on the Cycle Fanatic Podcast Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Stands and Fits. We're not going to do Hot and Not this week. We've got mailbag questions to get to. We've got mailbag questions to get to. We asked these last week uh, on the forums, and yeah, people people actually came out and gave us some questions. How many so. questions do we have? Uh, well, we have three or four pages worth. Oh my um, gosh, that's like 70 it, questions. Well, yeah, I think not all of them are questions, though. A lot of them are just kind of people bantering. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sounds good. But uh, there, were, there were some good questions I, I read through. Um, first question this is kind of a, j- a joke that if you've been on the forums is this a pants and gto type questions or a different type of question mailbag this is in response to my original post and then is that considered a mailbag question so pants and gto back when i was writing the the midweek mailbag they kind of did their own offshoot like when i when i stopped doing it uh-huh. because they were like man we need a mailbag around here so they, yeah that's what that is in relation to okay. now, now you know anywho uh first actual question for us is die hard a christmas movie uh, I think that anything that you want to say as a Christmas movie can be a Christmas movie. That's my how I stand. With yeah, it. and you know my my criteria for it being a Christmas movie is yeah, as long as it happens around Christmas and like you see any kind of Christmas imagery at all, it's probably a Christmas movie. Well, okay, so no, what I'm saying is like if you have a movie that you traditionally watch as a family, oh, around Christmas. Christmas, like it can be a Christmas movie. So it, it can be like the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, if that's what you guys watch on Christmas, like that's just your tradition, you know. Fair enough. Like Toy Story could be a Christmas movie. It's Christmas. It's okay. 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 I, I I do see your point, but I think like from the broader broader public perspective, like for would everyone qualify Die Hard as a Christmas movie? Well, I think most people. I think that more people sit around wondering whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie than they actually spend like considering Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah. Do you get like because the people who are such staunch defenders of it being a Christmas movie now like people that don't actually have an opinion that are just like yeah it's just a good movie like now they sit and they're like is this a christmas movie like i I don't know i in my opinion like i i have just gotten to the point where i'm 
just like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. If anyone who tries to tell you it's a Christmas movie, like they're going to tell you rather forcefully. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're having a conversation with someone who says that it's not, again, they're going to tell you rather forcefully. And I, I feel like the people who, who don't think it's a Christmas movie or at least argue that it's not just like to argue. Right. And that's the point when if you have an argument and you're that and you feel that strongly about it, I don't care. Like, I don't care at all. So, like, if you tell me it's a Christmas movie, I'll be like, yeah, buddy, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Right. So, whoever wrote that question, if they, whichever side that they land on, I agree with them. That was Sigmapolis. Sigmapolis. Okay. I, I've never known how to pronounce that. He asks questions all the time, though, so. Well, there you go. He has his answer. <laughs> all right. Next one. Uh, BC Clone asks, should Ohio State get in with a six-game schedule if defeated? No. Agreed. If defeated? Yeah, if defeated. Oh, hell no. Not if they lose. Everybody's mad at Ohio State now. I love it. Yeah, I love uh, it they shouldn't be getting in anyway. Even, but yeah. that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I w- here, I would have, say that Coastal Carolina has a better chance to get, or has, should have a better chance to get in the College Football Playoff than Ohio State. Be- and the best example is what happened with Florida on Saturday night, where you have to actually play your entire schedule right. and play all of the teams. Something funky could go on. Yeah, and you don't get to choose to not go and play Illinois. Right. You know, you don't get to just get games canceled, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, we only played five yeah like that'd be like saying uh you go to turn in your test and you said sorry i only had five or only had time to answer five of the ten questions right well here's another scenario what if what if someone like texas tech only played five games but each of those five games was against the top five teams in the big 12 and they won them all would Texas Tech still be in the in the running for the playoff? No. You know who a, be, a good example of that is? What about Colorado and USC? Yeah. They're both undefeated. Right. And aren't even near sniffing the playoff. Yep. Like, that's what that's what I'm saying, yeah. you know? It's literally there, only name brand. Right. Clearly, there's a different criteria here for people. If you're just ranked at the top and then you somehow win the only games that are on your schedule, it don't matter how many games you play. Like... If Iowa State goes into next season ranked anywhere near the top five, we should cancel half of our games. Yeah, you're like, right. Like, why does Alabama play more than four games ever? Why does Clemson play more than four games ever? They passed the eye test, Jared. <laughs> Do they, though, against the worst teams in the Big Ten? I mean, not really, no. They haven't looked at near as dominant as they have in prior years. I'm excited for Ohio State to uh, have their resume boosted by Nebraska going on the road and getting a win over Rutgers on Friday. Yeah, man, that sucks for them. But, I mean, they, they, you have to admit, they deserve it a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, based on what's happened on the field, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question from Jay Hunzi. Let's say the Psychofanatic staff is participating in some staff-only esports tournaments. What games do you think each staff member would actually have the best shot at winning in? Um, well, I'm going to be flat out honest and say that Chris Williams would probably not win any of them. <sighs> it, like, Is there any video game, like... Maybe like country music trivia. Is there a country music trivia video game out there? Trivi- trivial Pursuit for for console? Uh, well, I mean, I, there is like a Trivial Pursuit, but yeah. I, I'm going to say that I don't think Chris would win at that. He would really? win if there is a country music yeah, category, I'm, specifically yeah. country music. <laughs> yes. Okay. Obscure early 2000s rappers. Yes. Hmm. Uh, mid to late 2000s early 2010s big 12 football and basketball yes chris has a good chance 
So a very specific niche. Yes, there are very specific niche. Christmas with the Cranks. Chris would kill Christmas with the Cranks trivia. <laughs> but I, I just think that once you start to really branch outside of those things, anyone who has ever listened to Chris knows that Chris is uh, his, or one of like the f- 10 topics that he has just inexplicably dove into right. an unnecessary amount. Conspiracy theories. Yes, conspiracy theories. Chris would probably do quite well. Yeah. But that's, again, like those. there's a very specific niche that Chris would do well in. You know how I know this? Because I've been on his size house of trivia team. And I can tell you that Chris is not a very valuable <laughs> member of the size house of trivia team. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm the best one either, but like, at least I have a few things, you yeah. know, I can branch outside a little bit. Yeah. You're more in tune with the world nowadays than Chris is for the most part. Yeah, Chris is just, he's, he's like Matt Campbell where, you know, Matt Campbell goes in his bunker during the football season and has like no idea what's going on in the outside world. Chris is very similar where during the day, Chris works on Cyclone Fanatic and does his radio show and right. like, and gets on Twitter occasionally to look at the headlines, mm-hmm. but he's not out there like diversely looking for all kinds of different knowledge to yeah. just consume, Absolutely. especially just random obscure facts. So how about, let's move on next to, to Brent Bloom. Brent Bloom. Um, for some reason, I have a, I have a feeling that Brent Bloom is like a, a, a really good Mario Kart player. I envision that Brent would have been like a god on NCAA college basketball, not on the Ooh. football game, but like it. it you yeah, know, I can see that. Like college hoops, two K seven. Brent yeah. was probably just ridiculously good. That's true. Because like, when were when were those guys getting out of college again? Right around then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, probably. Maybe maybe a little maybe a little more than that. They're old farts. Anywho, I mean Chris was what thirty five. Yeah, old fart. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's probably about right. Like twenty. Like yeah, you're, you're probably right. Cause yeah, because we. Yeah, cause we you were 16 and I was 15, so that makes sense. In 2007? Yeah. 2008. I was 13 in 2007. I was 14 in 2008. Yep. I'm saying when you graduated college. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I graduated 16. <laughs> yeah, sorry. 16, yeah, like yeah. I said. I got really confused. Sorry <laughs> no, about that. No, makes sense. You're, uh, you're good. But yeah, no, I, I I, think Brent would be really good at like an oddly specific game like that. Mario Kart, maybe. You, I, I, I'd be curious. Yeah, we should we should ask Brent if he's better at Mario Kart or NBA or uh, college basketball 2K7. I would say that they both would probably try and say that they'd be really good at like Madden or 2K now, but I can safely tell them that they probably would not. And I, <laughs> no. would, I would have told them. No, that. it's dry. Drastically different. Yeah, I've told them that to their both of them. I'm yeah. like, I'm telling you right now, if you tried to play, it it would not be good. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Rob Gray. What's what's Rob gonna win at for the esports? I know that Rob has played 2K and has played and plays his son in Madden. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, I think. That's a tough I one. Think, I think Rob, to just to give Rob like a guaranteed victory, I'd say that Rob would kick all of our asses in like Pong or something. Oh yeah, like Miss Miss Pac Man. Yeah, something you know, old school yeah, retro. A little old school game, but like, we'll, like we give him his due. It's like right. the, the man was a god, and uh, and I don't know, uh, uh, asteroid, you know, or or something. Right. The answer is easy for you. You just went. You didn't win any of the modern sports games. I feel. Yeah, probably because that's really all I play. You're right. You you guys would have no chance in a PGA 2K21 uh, tournament. Dude, I'll, I, I'll tell yeah. you that right now. I, I do kind of wish that I owned that game, but I've, I haven't touched my console in like months now. It's kind of weird. Man, hate to see it. It's, Getting old now. I Yeah, I'm married. It, it happens. Yeah. All um, right, what's next? My next question is... Oh, wait, we didn't... I guess we didn't give everybody. Technically, yeah, we could go... We could go oh, wait, how, about, how about Connor? What's Connor Connor would at? be good at NHL, I'm sure. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, Jacqueline? I think she could be good at Mario Kart, maybe. Mm, yeah, I could see that. I bet Steph is like... No, I bet Elisa's really good at, like, Super Smash. Oh, 
yeah. I forgot about Smash Bros. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like she'd probably kill us all on Smash. Yep. I don't know about Steph. I feel like, are there any games that her daughters play? I mean, her daughters are pretty young. Yeah, but like, surely they play at least like one video game at this point. I mean, they're like, I think her oldest daughter's, oldest daughter's five. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's old enough for video games. You gotta I, get, I, I get guess started I young. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We should ask Steph what she. What yeah, she's we'll just at. have to ask Steph what video. Here, I'll text her you, right I now. Mean, I mean, yeah, you're gonna be recording Title Nine here. Yeah, I'll bit, text so her right now. Just do it. All right, we'll get, we'll get back to the answer on what what Steph will be good at. Um, next one, BC Clone asks his second question. If you run a lap on a track, have both of your legs ran the same distance, or did the outside leg run further? <laughs> uh, if you're in lane one. Did you just... No, okay, sorry. I was I was texting. <laughs> uh, so does, does it make a difference between you, what, whether you're in lane one or lane eight? <laughs> well, lane eight, in theory, would be the one that's like the least, like, tightest turn, you know? So yeah, you would have... But like, you're still turning, technically. Technically, you could be running in a, a, a giant circle around the United States and your, your outside leg would probably still run technically a little bit further. Would it matter which step, like which leg you took your first step with? Wait, you're, you're really diving into this very... Well, I'm just asking, like, I, I mean, I feel like there is a way to this, that, that this could be... Measured. I guess if you timed it where your inside leg took one, ex, one extra step, then maybe it would even out. Well, I mean, it's not like you're like a compass that you draw the circles with. Like, it's, that's not how this it is. Like, your leg is not just staying stationary in one spot. You're running the same distance with I guess both here, legs. Here's a question. Like, when you're running, are are you like an inline runner? Like, do, your, do both of your feet touch in the same line when you're running? Or do you, do you are you kind of like spread out? a little bit does know? anyone run that way i mean surely there's someone out there i i, I guarantee there's someone who who runs in do like you a have to line. run all the way around the track for this to come into play because like if you run a 100 then i think that you both feet would probably run the same it says, distance it says if you run a lap okay on okay. a track so for but that's what i'm saying like you probably have to go around the turns for this one to even matter that's what i'm saying so it does matter then so our answer is officially yes yes i would agree sure <laughs> Okay. All right. Next question. Uh, mean Dean asks, have the UT cows, so Texas Longhorns fans now surpassed K- KNU, so Nebraska yeah. fan base and delusions of grandeur after the whole Urban Meyer fiasco? I mean, was that really a fiasco? Like, I don't know. I'm not sure how much it actually, you know, how much actually went on behind the scenes. Like, I'm sure like there was feelers sent out, but was it right. actually that much? Right. Like no one ever, there was never a moment where uh, they thought that Urban Meyer's plane was on the tarmac and he was waiting to well, get off. Wasn't supposedly his wife searching for homes in Austin at one point. And that was like the big thing. Yes. But that is also a thing that I think was said that comes about out Nick every, Saban as well. But that yeah. comes out in every coaching Every surf. coaching surf. Yeah. Yeah. It, literally. Yeah. Matt Campbell's wife's searching for homes in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Look yeah. out. Yeah. But anyway. uh, illusions of grandeur. I think Texas is not necessarily illusions of grandeur, but I think they're, they're, I don't know. It's, it's, I wouldn't call them that though. Would you? I would say, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it because the reality is like, if you look at what Texas has been historically outside of what they were under like Daryl Royal and then what they were under Mac Brown with Vince Young, Texas has been a solid 
to or like an ab- above average to good program right for most of their history basically what they are right now and then they got when they when mac brown came in they got really they really got rolling there for a while went won the national championship went to another national championship game but like that was kind of an outlier when you look at texas football's general history yeah. so i don't know like that i guess maybe because like they've never actually done that for a sustained period of time mm-hmm. like i can understand why older nebraska fans are like we should be better than this because there was literally a 40-year period where nebraska won nine or ten games like yeah. every year yeah you know and admittedly it's been 20 years since that the majority of their success now but i mean still it's like if you if you ever win the national championship i feel like everything just gets amplified by 10 yeah and if you especially if you win three of them in four years right like it's if iowa state won three national championships in four dude iowa state has not gone past the sweet 16 in basketball and yet there are people out there that like expect that kind of thing from iowa state every year and i'm not i'm just saying like in the recent history yeah, yeah. you know like not since it, pfizer it, it does not take very much to get the expectations to be there are people out there who i guarantee you if they don't win on saturday we'll say the program is not headed in the right direction i guarantee it there are people oh. out there that are crazy oh, yeah. enough to do that yep like i wrote after the game against Oak, or west virginia about how matt campbell is not disappointing us anymore well we haven't won the big 12 championship yet when he said that they'd won three games last the, in, in the i wonder how many people or the people who say that kind of thing how old are they how experienced how long have they been a cyclone fan yes it's it's all about understanding the context so will i say that they i don't think that i understand why people feel this way about nebraska like believe me i get it yeah. I, I i know i understand but it's also you have to understand like if you were in their shoes you'd probably feel very similar you know so could could you imagine like if iowa state won the next three national championships right it'd be insane what would your even even three or like 10 years down the road from those from the last of those national championships what would iowa state fans expectations be look what just happened at auburn they won a national championship 10 years ago 10 years ago this year right uh, they yeah. wanted an 11 yeah, so next summer year. either so yeah well yeah i guess that'd be right then the, this was the 2010 season uh with cam newton so jeez that's been a decade yeah oh my gosh 10 years ago auburn won the national championship gus malzahn was their offensive coordinator they've played for the national championship again since then with gus malzahn as the head coach and they still just fired gus malzahn because they're not going to win national championships when look who's on the other side of their state like yeah yeah it don't take too much to mm-hmm. get outside like to, to outgrow your britches a little bit yep like that's where again like i'll say i feel some sympathy for these people because i can understand like the frustration you've been there you've tasted you've tasted the nectar of the gods yeah you want to get back there it's really hard to do that mm-hmm. and especially now more than ever especially now more than ever and unless you can figure out a way to sustain the success necessary to get there and to keep like the continuity and like all those kinds of things it's really 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 hard so i will say i don't think texas is worse but i i understand why nebraska fans are the way that they are give texas another like 20 years maybe if they still are doing this like then yes that might be a kind of another thing but like texas has 
I don't know. I went a whole roundabout way, but I don't think Texas is that bad. Like, no. I can understand why they think that the way that they do. I'm with you. All right, next question. JM Forsyth. This is, an, an, again, another forum thing, but does Stans know what a horse crap mafia player you are? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've heard. I've, yeah, okay. Moving on. Oh, Steph has replied. She says, any, any Mario games for NES, Super NES, and a lot of N64 games, anything new is foreign to me. There you go. So we can just say Super Mario. Yeah. Steph would dominate that. There you go. All right. Um, A-Clone, next question. Um, how many current Cyclone underclassmen decide to dip their toes in NFL waters? Mm. Well, I mean, how many are even... Like... I don't think very many. I don't think so either. I, I, at this point, I would be I would be surprised if Purdy doesn't come back. Yeah, I don't think Brock's going to leave. I don't think I'm so. I'm pretty confident on that one. Um, the only one that I think would potentially leave would be Charlie, and I'm not like I don't. Yeah, like he feels super confident in that, but I think that there is a possibility there. Yeah, I think the only way that he would leave is if if he was told he's a guaranteed top three rounds. Yeah, and I don't think he's at that point quite yet. I'll also say I think if Charlie came back and had another really good season, it's not outside the a possibility that he could be the first tight end pick next year right i don't know like everything about that tight end class but you look at what kyle pitts has done yeah at florida he, he's so good yeah pitts and is. then uh the kid at penn state is pretty good as well freer or something i don't know i'd have to go and I, that, that yeah. could be completely wrong I, i'm with I you know there, they have a good kid too because and i think the other one that could be in question is mike rose because he's a junior now correct yeah i think that he'll come back yeah i, I, I don't think mike's I, yeah he's he's a great player but he's not like getting that kind of nfl yeah. Yeah. I'm not too concerned about any of those guys. All right. Um, Trigger MV asks, how is this wait until the heart of winter? Or Yeah. How is this wait until the heart of winter when COVID-19 numbers hit their peak to play working out for the Big Ten? Not well. Not well, indeed. Cooler If You Did asks, how many sacks do we get on Rattler in the Big 12 championship game? How many do we have the last time? Do you know? You have the laptop in front of you. You're right. I think I have the game notes pulled up too. While while you're looking that up, um, will any seniors using their COVID will any seniors use their COVID allowed extra year of eligibility? Yes, there will be. Yes. I don't know an exact number, but they're I'm guessing anywhere from five to ten. Uh, they second twice. I would say I would I would put the over under at more. I would put the over under at two and a half. Yeah. And I, I would so I'd probably, get, yeah. I'd say three or four, probably. I think they're going to come out. And I, I think they'll be even more pressure-oriented, probably. They're going to pull out all stops in this game. I could see it. I also think that Iowa State's pass rush has improved. Yeah. What is our record next year? That's a tough question because obviously so much can change between who actually comes back. Yeah. I, well, that yeah. For every team in the well, Big 12? Not only that, how many games do you play? Yeah. You know. I mean, let's assume a, a regular 12-game season. All right. Well, we're pulling up the schedule then. We're going to go game by game. All right. All right. Here we go. Are you Australian? I don't know. <laughs> That's really weird. I said all right, weird, and I just rolled with it. So, anyway, going on. <laughs> okay. Um, we're so, is next year the UNLV Aldi? game in Vegas? It is. That'll be fun. It is. That's not the first game, though, is it? Uh, n n no, I don't think so. I think next year's a UNI year, which we're about to find out. Oh, I'm no. Pulling it up right now. Oh, no. Uh, well, we don't have a Big Ten or a Big 12 schedule yet. Right, but obviously we know who will play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and where? Home against Northern Iowa. Win. Win. Yep. Home against Iowa. Win. Win. I'm doing it. Okay. At UNLV, win. So start 3-0. Uh... 
I mean, I, I think especially if they win on Saturday, they will probably be picked to win the Big 12. I could see a loss in Norman. Yeah. I could maybe see them getting clipped by Oklahoma State just because Oklahoma State seems to have their number recently. But that, that one's in Ames. That one's in Ames. But, again, like, for whatever reason, Oklahoma State always seems to play well. I want us. Gundy's ass. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, again, they, they won't have Tylen Wallace next year, who's been a huge difference maker for them. Won't have Chuba. Won't have Chuba. They still have Spencer Sanders, but, uh, you know, they're going to be not quite as good probably. Going to lose a bunch of guys at the back end of the defense. So, I mean, I, I, I think and hope that'll be a win, but I think I'm not going to say it's a, a definite. All right. I'm calling it right now. 11-1. and one. Whew. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Eleven and one, and because they're going to be ranked eighth in the in the AP poll to start the season, they will not be eligible to go to the college football playoff after Ohio State goes three and zero with wins over Rutgers, uh, Illinois, and Maryland. Nice. Um, back to my official prediction. I'll go, I'll go 10 and two. I'm not quite okay. just because I don't want to be the, the blatant Homer that you I, are. I'm not, I was just kidding. I, I don't even know the schedule. <laughs> no, you were, that's the problem. You were, you were uh, completely serious. All right. Um, last one from cooler. If you did, he had a series of four questions. You can only visit three websites a day, not including email. Which ones do you visit? Well, obviously cycle fanatic. I was going to say cycle fanatic would be one. That's yep. a requirement. Twi- uh, Twitter is two for me. Twitter. Does tweet that count as a, yeah. It's so I can't just, oh, it's an app though. Same thing. It's, I mean, it's it's Twitter, just okay. in a different, served up differently. Okay, I'll take Twitter. Uh, and WashingtonPost.com. Hmm. Got to stay informed. I'll, I'll say Google. I know. Google, Google shouldn't count as a website, but it is. Let's be honest. Wait, but then, like, can you click on the links that you would get from searching? No, but, like, if I ever need to look something up, it, it usually Google, like, autofills it in their search results. Let's be honest. Like you don't have to actually click on an article nowadays. It just serves it to you. Oh, believe me. I, I know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia would be another good one. Oh, yeah. No, okay. I'll replace the Washington Post with Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go with the trusted source. It's the Internet's encyclopedia. You're right. Dude, like, you can't, man, I hate when people are like, uh, not a good source. <laughs> the actual articles Dude, on all Wikipedia. Of sc- all of high school is just like, oh, never use Wikipedia. They're, they're not. They can be edited by anyone. Well, yeah. and they, But, like, the real ones. Like, yeah. Real. And they, on Wikipedia, you yeah. can't just like go and change that. Right. Like you couldn't go and change the w- Wikipedia entry for World War II. Right. You know, or the Great Depression. And and Wikipedia sources all of its stuff. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You have to like have a like they've basically got a bibliography down there. Right. All right. Moving on. Next question. I all think right. we're I think we're getting serious again here. JK Clone 15 asks, Do you have a comp for the program Steve Prom is trying to build? I think the 2018-19 team was pretty close to what he has in mind, but I'm just curious if there is a sustained successful program that you look at as a model to follow. It's a good question. That is a really good question. Um, I do I do think that um, the point he made about the 18-19 the team, I think the versatility, um, the, the interchangeability on defense that that team had yeah. is what he wants. Um, well, I mean, I think they had interchangeability in every way because they could, I mean, on offense, you could just play positionless. Right. Uh, I, I would almost uh, even say, okay, make, make this leap with me. Without the zone, I can, you could almost say Baylor. No, I would disagree with that. Think about it, though. They're get, they're, they've got a couple basically seven-footers in the program now. Uh-huh. They what has Baylor's program been built on, though? Ridiculously good big men, right? Yeah. 
who does Iowa State have as a ridiculously good big man? This Xavier Foster, obviously, in in two years from now, because they're so good at developing big men, like we discussed earlier. Like I was trying to think about what they do offensively, and like I Baylor's. So you're really, thinking Baylor systematically a really good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. That's like that's what I would consider. See, that I'm just be. thinking. I'm just thinking like roster build. More often than not, when you have really long sustained success, you have a system that you built your program around. No, you're right. And the problem is, I mean, that's part of the problem, though. Like, that's that's what exactly. we always questioned about Steve Prohm. And and that's exactly what my response to the question was. Is I was gonna say I don't see one, but right. that was because that's because I. I think I his, don't see them having a system that they come in and plug people into every year for his first, that it works with. For his first two years with Hoiberg's players, they basically kept Hoiberg's system. They ran what Hoiberg did. Right. Yeah. And since then, it's been, I don't know. And I will reiterate that that 2018-19 team, a lot thing of things really went Iowa State's way that year for some guys to be a lot better than what they were yeah. or what we expected them to be. No one thought Mariel Shayok was going to be an All-Big 12 guy, first-team All-Big 12 guy. Obviously, none of us knew that Tyrese Halberton was an eventual lottery pick. Lottery pick. Uh, Nick Waller-Babb, I think, had a considerably better senior season than what it probably could have been expected when he came from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Michael Jacobson was a lot better than what I, thought, I think we thought he would be coming from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you had, Lind- you had Lindell. Like, there's a lot of guys who are per- playing professional basketball right now on that team. Yep. Uh, we did not anticipate that prior to that season. I think that this team was an attempt to get back to playing that way, but they don't play that way. I don't know if that's because they can't, because they're not being taught to. Hmm. I don't know what that is. But they have not shown that ability to be able to do that. So that's, again, where I'll say – I don't know that there is one that you see that has had sustained success that is comparable because I don't know the way that they play well enough to compare it to the way other people play. (laughs) And like, you can't say that it's Duke because Duke obviously plays differently because they just recruit people that are ridiculously good every year. Similar with Kentucky, right? Like they don't have a system. The teams that have systems are the ones that are like Iowa state that have inherent, uh, built-in deficiencies that prevent them from recruiting five stars every season. Think about some of the teams that are the best at that. Virginia, Villanova, Baylor. uh, Honestly, Villanova is a decent comp. I think because they play a lot of four out one in. Yeah. Obviously, uh, they they've Jay Wright's a where, heck of a coach. Yeah, they've gotten to where they can recruit guys at a really high level. But Villanova is always really good because they're always really good defensively. Yeah. And then, like, when they're great is when they're also really good offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzaga had was very similar. They were always very good defensively, and then they would have guys who were individually very, very good offensively. Yeah, and they, they're more post-oriented as well. Now, yeah. Um, and that's – I don't see one. Texas Tech, like, what do they do? I mean, how, could, how are they so good? Defense. Uh, could you could you take a look at, like, Billy Kennedy, who was, you know, one of the guys Steve Prohm learned from, you know, any of his programs back in the day? Well, I mean, he's had one Power 5 one. What happened there? N- not Nothing great. <laughs> he got fired. Yeah. Uh, th- so that's where – because of the fact that I don't know what they hang their hat on – it's really hard to sit here and say, like, they're kind of like this. But yeah. again, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, there are programs out there that are able to do that. Right. Uh, but the ones that you see that are at similar stature to Iowa State have a thing 
that every year you know that they are going to do this thing and they're probably always going to be really good at it. Yeah. Baylor's always going to be really good at their zone. It, it, nothing else are going to be really good defensively. Uh, Texas Tech, again, always going to be very good defensively. Yep. Man, even Creighton. Creighton is always going to be very, very good offensively. Greg McDermott is a very good offensive coach. At least is, you know, I, I wasn't around enough at the Iowa State, in the Iowa State days. Right. But what he has done at Creighton has been very, very impressive mm-hmm. for, to have turned that program into what it is now. Yep. Um, you know, even like like I said with Villanova, like th- now they recruited a really high level, but it was always like defense, and then having guys that were really good guards that could attack the basket and score. That would be one that, like in a perfect world, yeah, yeah, you could say that. But they don't play defense the way that those teams do. No, I agree. And I think that the the, the the reason I point out the Villanova uh, comparison, especially, is that a lot of those really good national championship Villanova teams, they had the guys who were kind of the the wing type guys who could both you know go in and outside that See, kind of thing and that's what i meant like they had guys that played that were similar to that 18 19 team if that 18 19 team could have defended consistently like at all mm-hmm. for prolonged periods of time not just like individual days in a row it's like yeah. every day one they show up they would have beat ohio state in the ncaa tournament yeah every day you show up and you don't know if they're gonna do and if you didn't have guys who just inexplicably went off script sometimes and just like went yolo mode and just did whatever the hell they wanted to yeah which was another issue yeah. uh that like that team could have been like what those Villanova ones were but they did have those problems they didn't defend consistently mm-hmm. and you lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament so and I don't know I don't have a good answer to that question because I don't think that there is one right now yeah. because I don't know what Iowa State does that you can compare it to yeah, we can, we can close on that because we spent like a good solid five minutes on that question alone. Sorry, uh, I got on my. You got me back on my. Thing. I know, I, I know. I I was a little bit worried about that when I saw the question. Um, next one, Dasarop asks, do you embrace or ignore the hate people have at ISU being number seven in the latest college football playoff poll? I inject it into my veins. Yeah, at this point. I, 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 let them hate bros. At this point, Iowa State's like Darth Vader, bro. Yeah. Like, everybody hates us. I, I don't care. But Darth Vader's the biggest badass in the universe. So. Exactly. We ain't exactly. got to worry about it. No. All right. Uh, next one. B Saltyman asks, in the entire history of the ISU football program, have we ever beaten the same team twice in one season like we were about to do with Oklahoma this year? And I think this is um, later on the thread answered, and the answer was yes. However, it's been like since like the, the 10s or 20s. I was going to say, I don't know when they would have ever played anybody twice in the same season. Right. Definitely not since the Big 12 or Big 12 and Big 8 um, have formed. Yeah. So the answer is yes, but back in the ancient times. Um, ancient times. <laughs> Cyclone Suso 101 asks, does ISU being done with the semester and OU still having dead week and finals impact the Big 12 championship? No. no. Don't I don't believe so. We ain't come here to play We ain't come here school. to play school. Yeah. <laughs> Gunner Clone asks, why can't the basketball team make threes and what and what does serve this team better? Improve thir- three-point shooting or improved rebounding? I feel like I've answered that question you several have. times. I think the answer is rebounding. Yeah, it's play harder. Um, C-Town Cyclone asks, how much Cody road does it take to fuel you through a podcast uh we need some of that up in here let's be honest i yeah we do need some of that up in here i'm not a big straight bourbon drinker but um i'm sure that we would welcome it if we were offered it absolutely we were the misfits we don't get the free stuff like chris and brent jmo asks how much of a raise does coach campbell and his assistants get after this season 
Um, Depends on if they win. If they win the Big Shell Championship, then it's going to be something. I'm sure that there are other things that it probably depends on. Like, Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And that sucks. I'm glad that I'm not the one who has to figure that stuff out. There I'll has just to be, put it that way. There has to be some kind of, like, uh, you know term that Pollard could put in like hey when we're when we're back to our full athletic budget we can get you x number that kind of thing surely yeah again i don't know i'm glad that i'm not the one who has to decide i agree and if not publicly then surely he can say that behind closed doors yeah um let's see ms3r4isu asks sounds like a bot Um, I asked this question of authors in ahem, another mailbag, again, referencing the, the bootleg mailbag. Okay. However, as lovable as they all are, they spoof their way through answers. I have faith in you to stick to the question as asked. If there was a new national team award this year for least affected by COVID-19, who would win? You know, honestly, Iowa State... Iowa State would probably be up is there. It's up there. Uh, Coastal's played all their games. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think. Uh, wasn't there another Big 12 team that had gone all the way through the year? I think. Or no, I think West Virginia was the team until they. Yeah, until the until this Oklahoma. recent one. Yeah, uh, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know of many others that. I mean, Iowa has played all of theirs. Uh, yeah, Nebraska has not played all of theirs, but it hasn't been because of them. Of them, I do think you, you kind of have to disqualify the Big Ten just uh, from the fact that they haven't played as full of a schedule. Yes, I would agree with that. But the Big Twelve, up until like this weekend, had played. I want to say they played forty-two of forty-four Big Twelve games or yeah. something like that. They, they, I, besides the Baylor, yeah, fiascos. Like the, it ended up where a few got canceled right at the end because right. I mean I also think that they were kind of like it doesn't really matter at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I know that there was a stat that they're, they'd played like 85% of the Big 12 games or something. So for, for the sake of answering the question, we'll go ahead and give it to Iowa State. We'll give it to Iowa State. Good job, Iowa and, State. And the folks in the national media are irate because Coastal Carolina was not given the award. Yes. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this, but I'm just going to say R-I-S-I-U-S-J. Okay. Asks, best holiday cookie or baked good, and can you make it? Uh, I'm... So I'll go ahead and answer this. For for me, it's the sugar cookies, but not the kind with like the 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 granule sugar. It's the kind with like the the frosting frosting on top. Oh well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, those. That, are, I would agree with that. Yeah, I could make sugar cookies. Could yes. I make them well? I don't know. <laughs> I could make them, um, but at the same time, why make them when someone else will make them? Yeah, I probably could put the frosting on them. Was that a job that your mom gave you? No, up? no, no. I was not trusted with anything like that. No, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, I could put like I could take the things off the Pillsbury packet and put them on the tray. You know? Yeah, I'm capable of that. Agreed. That's that's the the best way to make sugar cookies. Just kidding, obviously. Um, Larry ISU asks next year's basketball team who will be our top eight contributors. Oh my god, that's a lot. Uh, and how competitive will they be, assuming some of the other teams lose a bit more? I'm tired of talking about the basketball team. Skip that one. All right. Top eight contributors will be a lot of the same people who are on the seniors team. Yeah. Um, same, same guy asked. Maybe we can answer this one. Uh, the football team has a lot of seniors making big contributions, plus people like Kohler or Purdy who might choose to leave, who will make a difference next year, and do we have enough to finish first again? So, I mean, I think okay, as far as people coming back next year, I think the biggest one is, yeah, you want Brock Purdy back. I will say that we can work under the assumption that Brock Purdy will come back. 
I would say that most likely Charlie will come back, but I don't know that for certain. So how about seniors who could theoretically come back? I think that there are some seniors who could make a very big impact that could potentially return. Like Enyi, potentially? I uh, don't know about him. But I do think that there are ones in that position group that could potentially return, that could make a very big impact. Are you going to give us one name, Jerry? No, I'm not going to give... They're begging for a name. I can't I give can you, hear him through the podcast. I can't give you any names, but I can tell you I think that there are people in that position group that have... That there is a possibility that they could return, that if they did, would, would be, be very helpful. I, I, I think I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Um, next question. Our clone asks, why do local media hosts on KXNO always push the narrative that Campbell must leave Iowa State for a better job like Michigan? Hawksters at heart? Question mark. If you're talking about Ross Peterson being a hawkster, like, I mean, he's pretty open about it. I don't know. I, I, I have a suspicion that this person is wondering about Murph and Andy. I was going to say, I, I would imagine that this was not about Chris and Ross's show because I'm But usually they're pretty good that about that, that not, kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and I, I know that Chris wouldn't have probably been going and doing that. Uh, well, Murph is the, I mean, he, he's the founding member of the crap team. Yes, he is. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't listen to their show frequently enough to get a vibe on that. I also imagine that the show on before them probably talks about that rather often. Not Cowherd, but the other one, the other local show. Yeah. Miller and Condon. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't really listen to that one that often. So right. admittedly, but I do listen to the morning rush enough to know that. I don't think they really talk about that on there either. Uh, maybe Travis is brought up at some point. It seems like something he may discuss, but I mean, but I don't ever hear, like, I guess I don't remember them like and, and insisting I don't, I, it. No, I don't, I don't think they ever have ever been like, Oh, Campbell needs to leave in order to be successful. Yeah. Or like he has to leave. Otherwise he's throwing his career in the trash. Not, nothing I, like that. I guess I feel like most local people have kind of gotten over that, but I could be, I mean, I mean, when, when it comes up to when his name starts getting thrown around by the national media, it's, it's an easy thing to talk about on local radio. Right. He's also just for national people. He's really easy person to throw out there as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> BC clones back to ask, what were your grade points at Iowa State? Oh God, I'm not answering. No, that I'm question. not answering that question either. Uh, not just not say, good. My mom listens to this podcast. Just say, I'll just say I, I graduated. <laughs> That's all I'll I, say. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that you're not required to put your GPA on a resume. Yes, I'll just say that. I, I'm happy that I've never been asked at, at Cyclone Fanatic. I'll put it that way. <laughs> question for the mailbag. This is from GTO. Since Fitz sometimes goes by Fitzy, I would say I go more often by Fitzy, except for I guess in the name of this podcast. Uh, does Stans go by Stan? I don't. Uh, Ted Flint hated me for the longest time when I first started this job because, well, not this job. Because is there a Ricky Stanzi connection coming that here? I, yeah, he thought that I was related to Ricky Stanzi, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I want to reiterate, though, I did have a higher than 3.0 3 on my in my journalism classes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, yeah. Anything I actually committed, like, found interesting, right. I, got, I got higher than 3.0. Yeah, I, I, I think I had I had a 3.5 on my journalism classes, but my in my, uh, you know, general education, there's some, yeah. some hairy moments in there. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, Cyclone Eric, per tradition, how dare you? He always asked that when we did the okay. midweek mailbag, so thank you for that, Cyclone Eric. Uh, Darkstar asks, who was the most demoralized when ISU flexed by scoring three touchdowns on the same drive? A, West Virginia. B, Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. C, Big 12 refs. 
it had to have been Big 12 refs, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's Big 12 I mean, refs. they were obviously the biggest opponent in that moment. West Virginia just knew the inevitable was happening at right. that point. I think at that point, West Virginia had more or less given up, but the Big 12 refs continued to fight. Right. They were like, oh, we, uh, we got to stop this. And, that, you know, they, they did it twice. Yeah, that was the moment when the Big 12 refs looked at each other and they're like, yo, I don't think we can do anything. Yep. That that was when, that was the moment when Luca Garza drilled a three and saw him in Young's face, like perfectly, uh, perfectly defended for the third possession in a row. And you're like, yo, I don't think we're going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, next question. We're, get, we're getting toward the end here, so bear with us. Uh, BC clone is back, trying to stump us. Helping my son with this, and I can use some help. The first derivative of a revenue equation finds the marginal revenue. What does the second derivative of a revenue equation tell us again? What language is that? Uh, I think it's Swahili. Is that calculus? Yeah, it beats me, man. There's a reason we just got done saying we're not going to share our GPAs on this podcast. I got like a C in high school trigonometry, so I don't <laughs> think I'm going to answer that one. I, I, yeah, I mean, like probably like 50% of the population out there, I, you know, copied my way through trigonometry in high school. Not so. a math guy. No, oh, not, if I would have tried to copy my way through trigonometry, I would have gotten caught. I can tell you that. Oh, I mean, my was, math teacher was like an eagle. He was just always watching. I, I got called out on it a couple times, um, but yeah, managed to still graduate high school, so got that going for me, which is nice. Um, let's see. I think a couple more were done. Uh, NWICY, so I think Northwestern Iowa size is what that stands for. Mm -hmm. What are the chances of the men ba men's basketball team finishing above 500? Not great, Bob. Um, also, every year, Prom talks about an emphasis on defense. What year will he actually have a team that plays de anything other than Matador defense? Seems like there's a little bit of a I feel like you have just, in this question. I feel like you have just as much of an idea as we do. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll leave it at that because we've already broken down that a lot on this one. Loyal Fokker asks, under or over, the amount of alcohol consumed per Cyclone fan while watching the Big 12 championship. Line is set at five beers and two glasses of Cody Road. Oh, that's easy money right there, baby. Yeah. You're hitting the over all it's day. definitely over. Yeah, that's an, that's an easy over. All right. Um... I, I read this earlier. ISU Cubs win basically breaks it down to the, the, what we covered about Prome okay. and, and the basketball team. It, he, he worded it in like four paragraphs worth of question. So we're just going to say, listen to the earlier podcast there. Yeah. Um, I talked about it for 20 minutes. Another BC clone asked a question, who would win in a Cyclone Fanatic staff drinking contest? Me. It's got to be you or Chris, probably. Yeah, Williams can... Um, I'll tell you what, though, man. Rob can drink pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not going to give me any credit. All right, go on. Uh, what were you going to say? If, like, in this competition, I, I assume that it would have to be beer. Because, like, to do a drinking competition, it would have to be, like, light beer. You yeah. know? We can't be... Like, Pounding the Cody Rhodes. Right, having people, like, on the verge of death. Like, al yeah. you know, giving people alcohol poisoning. So I would assume with... Uh, it, it would be Bush Light. And say, like, if we started at, you know, 10 in the morning. I can tell you right now, me and Chris would both drink an entire case of beer in one day. Would you, would your stomach be hurting? I would probably be hurting the next day, but no, I, I would be f fully capable of continuing. That's confidence right there. Like I said, I know Chris would probably be able to do it too. Mm -hmm. So it, I don't know. Like I, I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but it I sounds, can it tell sounds you like right a, now, like when I went to, no, I'm not gonna tell the story. <laughs> Sounds like an off-season, uh, like cause for charity. You know, you bet you bet on whoever's gonna drink the most beer. Yeah, if me and Chris wanted to sit down and have like a case race, that would be a pretty good fight. I'm not gonna lie. That would, I think that that would be impressive. Pick a date, put it on schedule. All right, uh, psyched. Ask who is your favorite cyclone of all time and why? 
George Niang. George Niang. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, it, the, per, the perfect combination of embracing Cyclone fandom, trash talk, um, and backing up everything on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the, the ultimate Cyclone, in my opinion. Is Campbell a lock for AP Coach of the Year? No, not a lock. I do think if he wins the Big Twelve Championship, he he will have a very good shot. He'll have a good shot, but uh, I would imagine that that will that distinction will either go to Tom Allen or whoever the coach is at Coastal Carolina. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Because again, the national media is obsessed with Coastal Carolina, and we can't believe that they are not going to the college football playoff. Yep. Uh, we had another question about the seniors and who could come back, so we're going to go ahead and... Do these people, like, read the questions? <laughs> like, read the thread, guys. Yeah. See what we've been asked. Come up with a new question. Hey, people are busy. They got jobs. They got to support their children. Let's go. All right. Uh, another question from BC Clone, who is prolific at this. What kind of Christmas tree is best? Like a fir, pine, balsam, or do you change it up and use a young maple tree? We use a fake tree. I'm just going to go out I don't there. even have a tree in my house. Yeah, I, and you got a, a new place. I do. You need a Christmas tree now that you moved in. You need to christen it. You want to know what all is in our living room right now? What? Yeah, it's probably, wait, don't say anything. It's probably like a couple lawn chairs, TV on a stack of books. No, no, not even. We have a TV in there. It's sitting on the cabinets that are built into the wall. Uh, like on the far end, there's a chair and a couch. That's it. Sounds like a bachelor pad to me. Yeah, but like, no one is ever in that room, so it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, again, since this was last week, this unfortunately this question is kind of taking a turn, but can the Vikings make the playoffs this year? If you say no, we can't be friends anymore. It's from my friend VikesFan22. The answer is no after their most recent game. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Freaking frickin Dan Bailey. Tough to swallow. Yep. And I think there's one more, and then that's it. So maybe I'm wrong. We are wrong. You were wrong? I'm wrong. That's it? That's it? It was a lot of questions. It was. Kudos to everyone for coming yeah, out. Oh, sure. I mean, basically, it was B- BC Clone asking every other question, but hey. Yeah. Still a lot of them. There was some good ones, though. There was. Oh, man. All right. Good podcast, dude. Yeah. This uh, is a long one, dude. Yeah, it was. Um, I guess maybe the next time we do one will probably be... Probably either either right before Christmas or probably after New Year. One of the two. Well, Christmas is next week, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it'll be so, New Year then. I guess unless we want to do a Christmas extravaganza sometime next week. We kind of ah, it's tough because usually we do stands at Fitzmas. I think is what we called it. Yeah, I mean we could do one like on Tuesday. I'd be down. Probably. I don't know when the basketball team plays next week, but we can figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we can figure it out. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.